G'day, g'day! Welcome to Game Day Gabe. I'm your host, Gabe the Babe, and you're about to get an insight to the college football world. I'm so ready for another episode of Game Day with Gabe. It's been a while. I'm ready. Are you guys? There's a lot to talk about. It's been a while since I've recorded a podcast, because we just got a puppy for Christmas. Her name's Mel, and she's the cutest thing. But she is a lot of work, so I haven't really had time for a podcast. But I I have a little snippet of her barking. She's so cute. (laughs) She if I could show you in person, then it'd be the cutest thing. She's adorable. But there's more important stuff to talk about than my puppy, even though she's so cute. College football. Man. The semifinals. TCU, Michigan. Georgia, Ohio State. Great games. So, the TCU game. It was first up. They score first on a pick six. TCU goes up 7-0. Then they score again to go up 14-0. They stopped Michigan early on a fourth down, and they changed the whole momentum of the game. From there, Michigan was never able to get back. TCU just scored so many times. So, at halftime, the score was 21-10, to 10, I think. And then the third quarter had so much points. It was back and forth. Um, TCU scored, Michigan scored, TCU, Michigan, and so on. But Michigan did catch up. They caught up a lot. I think it was 41-38 to 38 at some point. And then um, TCU got the lead again. They won up 51-45. to 45 with not long left, and uh, they had the ball with just under a couple minutes. Um, They were trying to get a first down to win the game because Michigan would be out of timeouts. They didn't get it, so they had to punt to Michigan. Michigan has about a minute left to drive down and score a touchdown. The first three plays, nothing. Then on fourth down, they fumble the snap. J.J. McCarthy fumbles it, and then it's it's a scrum to get it, but somehow... A Michigan player picks it up, I think it was an offensive lineman or someone, and he does a lateral pass um, to to a wide receiver or running back, and then he tries to get the first down, but he's a few yards shy, and he was tackled roughly and in the helmet by a couple TCU players, and it could have been called targeting. They were reviewing it, and it was about to be over. TCU had the ball. They were about to take a knee. Then they stopped, reviewed it for targeting, and eventually, they did not call it. So, TCU ended up winning with some controversy in the game. But early on, too, um, Michigan had this one pass, like, 40-yard dot from J.J. McCarthy to Wilson. And he caught it at, like, the one-yard line. But he bobbled it, and he didn't have full possession of it till he was in the end zone. But the refs still called him shy. They originally called it a touchdown, but they somehow overturned it when they didn't have enough evidence and um murphy's law or something um what can go bad what can what can go bad i don't i don't know will go bad and so they fumbled it at the one yard line trying to do a fullback dive and uh, tcu recovers in the end zone for a touchback and um Michigan doesn't score. That's the main point. They would have had a touchdown. And if you think about this in the end result of the game, 
they would have been up 52-51, to 51, but because of that call by the refs, they were down. So there was a bit of ref controversy in this game, but TCU had the spark. They had the magic and the luck to pull off this huge upset against Michigan that no one thought would happen. I predicted it, though. I knew TCU had that spark. On the other, in the other game, Georgia-Ohio State. This was a great game. I feel like Ohio State deserved to win. They they played overall better. So Ohio State scored first to go up 7-0. Um CJ Stroud and Marvin Harrison, they they had a big day for sure. Marvin Harrison got a couple touchdowns. CJ Stroud had a big day in passing yards and passing completions. And he also showed off his leg athleticism as well. Georgia used their blocking schemes and like creativity to get to run the ball downfield and they had a lot of success running the ball. But Stetson Bennett did not have a great game throwing in the first three quarters. Georgia's other huge mistake was that they only targeted Brock Bowers, the best tight end in the country, once in the first half. He had one catch for five yards in the whole first half. They should totally target him more. He's so talented. As we've seen in the national championship, he's he can do really well under tight circumstances. So Georgia um, did not play their best. They weren't looking great. Ohio State's offense was just so explosive with their passing. C.J. Stroud was really carrying their team. They were up all the way 38-24 to 24, uh, in the fourth quarter. It was looking like Ohio State was going to get the win and advance to the um, championship. But the dogs came storming back. Georgia scored a touchdown, and then they went for two and got it. And then it's, it wasn't over because uh, uh, I think Ohio State scored a field goal. Um, so at this point it was 41 to 32, I think, yeah. And then Georgia scored another touchdown to cut the deficit to 41-39. to It was crazy with their scoring drives. Stetson Bennett was making some clutch, accurate throws. And it was just the, like, the intensity of the game, the, the stadium. It was, it, it was so good. It's true college football when, when it's like this. And um, Georgia gets the ball back with not, with not long left. Um, they, they, um, they kick a field goal or it's a, or it's a touchdown. I'm pretty sure they kick a field goal to go up 42 to 41. And that's the first lead they, they've had in the game in a really long time. So the Georgia fans have hope once again, up 42, 41. They gave Ohio state the ball back with a minute left. Ohio state drives down the field because of CJ Stroud's 30 yard run. It puts them in supposedly field goal range. And then Ohio State um, kind of gives the game away here. They run the ball to basically no gain, and C.J. Stroud almost gets sacked. They should just keep playing desperate and throw the ball to get more yards to make the kick comfortable for their kicker because it was a 50-yard field goal. If I was Ohio State, I'd throw the ball more and get in comfortable field goal range because that's, that's not what they did. So the kicker ended up shanking the 50-yard field goal, which would have booted them to the championship, and Georgia got the win. So the dogs move on. It was such a great game. I was watching the highlights, and 
it's it's oh good it's good watching the highlights just to see how intense it was but there's no experience like watching it live watching it in new year's uh we were at the cabin in heber in utah with the cousins watching that game just before new year's here's a really fun fact the kick by the ohio state kicker was kicked in 2022 and somehow some way it landed in 2023 <laughs> like the craziness we've never seen anything like this before in college football they were they planning it or something i don't know but we've never seen anything like it uh like the kick um went up the same time as the ball in times square went down and man, that would have been a perfect New Year's gift for the Ohio State fans. New Year's, um, watching their kicker s- send it through and their team moving on to the championship. There's no better way for a New Year's than that for Ohio State fans. Dang it. It's unfortunate to be one of those fans because it didn't go through and they must be really sad. But it would have been crazy if it went through. So that's just a fun fact about the kick, uh, crazy i can't i can't believe that stat it's we've never seen anything like it before so it was a great game from both teams georgia ended up getting the win and moving on to play tcu in the championship okay moving on to the championship it was a dud it was a dud it wasn't even close i could tell georgia was gonna win in the first quarter Just by the dominance they were showing, the sheer dominance of running the ball, throwing it to Brock Bowers and McConkie, and Stetson Bennett had a heck of a game. Uh, They got the first touchdown on a run, and then a field goal to go up 10-0. TCU did um, tie it. I mean, not tie it. They cut the deficit to three by scoring a touchdown, Uh, so it was 7-10. They got got, um, a big play on that drive. Darius Davis got a 60-yard reception to set them in touchdown range, the red zone, as it's called. Then they um, cut the deficit to three, and uh, from then on, it was never close. Georgia scored another touchdown with McConkie, and uh, they were just throwing beautiful balls, blocking perfectly. Georgia flexing their muscles on TCU. They've shown that they're the true national champion, but man, the mismatch, Georgia just, they, they destroyed them. They You could tell they had the dominance and the power right from the start. Bowers dominating, Stetson Bennett, their third string running back was getting touchdowns on 30-yard runs. Man, their depth is crazy. Their defense is all first-round draft picks. So no wonder they're the repeat championship titles, but flexing their muscles on TCU, showing them that they're the champion. And man, they owned the stage in LA at SoFi Stadium for the national championship. So other than that, there isn't much to talk about because it was a blowout for Georgia. You you could just tell. So I'm going to move on talking about college football. And I'm going to talk about, about BYU. I don't know if I've said this yet in my podcast, but we got Keaton Slovis from Pitt. Nice transfer. Yeah, he's got some real potential. Uh, When he was at his days at USC, he was uh, throwing dimes to the wide receivers and stuff. He was 
like at his full potential. If we can get him back to his USC form, I think he's going to be a great starter. The thing is, we only have him for one year. So that that's not so good. But I'm sure we'll find a new quarterback to replace him in time. Just like we're replacing Jaren Hall just fine, hopefully. I hope Keaton Slovis, you know, um, plays good. It'd be really nice. But our offense doesn't have to be as good as it was last year because our defense, we're going we're gonna to be more reliable, more consistent. We're going to blitz. We're going to play man-on-man coverage. We're going to rush four. At least that's what Jay Hill's saying. He's our new defensive coordinator, and I love his playing style. I just, I love that we can blitz now because in our old defensive scheme, it was rush three, drop everyone back and play zone coverage, when really the the effective thing to do is blitz and play man-on-man, rush four. Then then you'll put pressure on the quarterback. He'll make bad decisions, um, and then you get turnovers and stops on defense. That's how we do it. So I'm so excited for our defense in the Big 12. Hopefully we land a nice wide receiver or running back to boost our offense as well. And it'll be great. Um, t- we're going to play Texas and Oklahoma, at TCU, Kansas State. Man, some great teams. Great teams. I'm so excited for next year already. Looking forward to the season opener at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And um, they're going to release the Big 12 schedule soon. I just don't know when. I'll, I'll be excited to see how it goes. Probably going to play Texas. I'm curious to see if we do. It might be Steve Sharkeesian's return trip to Provo. Cause he used to be a quarterback at BYU. He's now the head coach of Texas. It'd be cool to see him back in Provo. Or we might travel to Texas. We're probably only going to play Texas or Oklahoma. We'll see how it goes. And it'll be our only year with them in the Big 12 Conference, so I hope we make the most of it. But it's an exciting future for the Big 12, probably getting that logo on the field right now as we speak. In the NFL, the playoffs are starting. It's soon to be Wild Card Weekend. And man, some Week 18 games were great. The Chiefs are a number one seed in the AFC, Bills number two. Number three is the Bengals, and the number four is, let me pull it up, anyway, um, uh, number, number seven is the Dolphins and stuff in the NF, in the AFC, um, hang on, NFL standings, okay. Playoffs. Here we go. Okay. Chiefs, Bills, uh, Bengals, Jaguars, Chargers, Ravens, and Dolphins in the AFC. But in the NFC, the Eagles get the number one seed with the win on Sunday. So it's a first for them. Then the Niners, good old Niners. The Vikings, for the first time in a while, they're three seed. The, the Buccaneers, the Cowboys, that'll be a good matchup. The Giants and the Seahawks. The NFL wildcard schedule is really good. Starts on Saturday and it runs through Monday. Monday Night Football is going to be Cowboys versus the Buccaneers at Raymond James Stadium. Well, 
something I've learned from doing my research about the NFL is that the Chiefs and Bills, if they both play, if they both make it to the AFC Championship game, so the Bills would have to beat the Dolphins, and then they'd have to beat their next team, and the Chiefs only have have to win one game because of how the format works. Assuming they both make it to the AFC Championship, they play in a neutral site game. But, um, this is because of Demar Hamlin. If you haven't heard, Demar Hamlin collapsed on the field with a cardiac arrest, and he was dead on the field until um, a trainer did CPR on him and um, put him back to life. So he's okay now, but it was quite a scare for the Bills. Um, so they were playing the the Bengals in Cincinnati, and the game ended up being canceled because of that accident. So the Bills never got a chance to get an extra win, which could have changed the seating a little. So they're giving the Bills a chance if they make it to the AFC Championship game to even the playing field a little. I think both teams will make it to the championship, and we've seen how crazy these games have gotten. The last two AFC championships have been the Chiefs versus the Bills. First time the Chiefs won in a blowout game, but the second time, ooh, the last two minutes had like 28 points scored. It was such a good game um, last year. <sighs> um, I think the score was like 41 to 34 in overtime or something, but they they really know how to turn on the offense. So that's interesting that it'll be a neutral site game. I think that evens the playing field, and I'll be really intrigued to see how that game plays out. You should totally check that out. That's going to be one of the biggest NFL playoff games, assuming that it is the AFC Championship. Maybe one of the teams will get upset. But as for me, I think that's going to happen. In the NBA, we Utah, Utah hosts the All-Star Weekend. Um, I found this out like a year ago, but I haven't said it in my podcast. They do an All-Star Weekend in like February every year for the All-Stars who get invited, and they do a dunk contest, do a three-point contest, a skills contest, and an All-Star game. It's being held in Utah, in Salt Lake City, so that's going to be so good. I think we'll get Markinen and Clarkson in because it's in Utah. I think for sure we're getting Markinen, hopefully Clarkson. I voted for them because you can vote on NBA.com, vote for your favorite players or people you think should make it to the All-Star game. (sighs) But tonight, Utah plays Cleveland, and Donovan Mitchell's with the Cleveland Cavs now, so it's going to be his homecoming in Utah. I'm intrigued to see how that shakes out if if he starts popping off again. He scored 71, 71 points in a game. Uh, a few days ago. Crazy. I'm, I don't know why we traded him away. We should have kept him in Utah. But it's going to be his homecoming. So that's a that's a good game. It'll be on later today at 7. Um, In BYU basketball, we were on a five-game win streak, which is pretty good. Then we lost to LMU. And uh, we won at San Diego. So our record's like 13 wins or something. And, like, five or six losses. But we have a big test up ahead. We're playing Gonzaga at home. And we know what happens when we play Gonzaga. Uh, We usually get blown out, but sometimes we pull off the upset. Like in 2020 in January. I remember this game. Um, We pulled off the upset 91-78. to I remember the score. We were listening to it 
walking on a pier in, uh, what was it, St. Kilda in Australia, when we used to live in Australia, um, we were walking along piers and beaches, listening to the game, um, hearing Greg Rubel yell every time we scored a basket and every time Gonzaga missed. It was the greatest upset and BYU's done. And if you remember back in 2017, when we were playing them, we beat them on their own home court, 79-71, to when they were ranked number one in the country, and they were undefeated. They were 30-0, and we were the first team that beat them. I was so happy when that happened. So, it'll be a big test for BYU. You gotta check out the NFL wildcard games, also known as wildcard weekend, because that's where the good games are. The NFL is at its prime time right now, and there's going to be some good games. If the Chiefs and Bills make it to the AFC Championship game, I won't be previewing that, but I think it'll happen. Um, I won't be previewing it because I'm taking a break um, till March Madness because of other things going on. And college football just finished, so I don't really have anything to talk about in BYU football or college football. So I'll be taking a break for a bit with my podcast. But I'll be returning at March Madness because that's my favorite time of the year. And boy, that'll be special. So I'll see you next time. But for now, don't forget to check out the NFL wildcard games. Because these games are important. But most importantly, they're Gabe's game. That wraps up my podcast for today. As always, thanks for listening, and if you liked it, be sure to check out my new recordings every week and share with a fellow Cougs fan. See you next time. Go Cougs!